I always made fun of uh, Griffin and Justin for growing up in West Virginia. I don't think I realized that level of difference between rural West Virginia, you know, West Virginia, and then like straight up middle of nowhere rural. You I was weren't in, in West Virginia, were you? No, I was in South Dakota. But so still no actual frame of reference. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, there were farms and trees and yeah, not a whole lot else. You know that like Justin and I didn't have like any. Justin and I aren't like fucking full blown bumpkins. Like no, I, I know that. To this day, I don't know what tractors actually do. I I just assume that they were like very inefficient means for farmers to like tool around their they're, plots. They're really fun. Yeah. Right. But just like do, what, do they till? Are they tilling machines? They're do they machines. sort? Do they, they sort things, or do, is it a harvesting? I think that's a combine sorts things. Anyway, I was in the middle of nowhere in South Dakota. Um, I had a lovely time, uh, except for the fact that every single day on my vacation, at 7 a.m., the following thing happened. <laughs> Times a billion in terms of loudness for about five minutes every well, morning at 7 a.m. Cal's trying to fuck? The town, the local town, has an alarm to wake everyone up. That's and it awesome. Sounds like there's a bomb going off every day at That's seven a.m. That's so fucking cool. Does, does everybody like do like a zombie like shuffle to like the central church? Well, where no, they, because everyone's sleeping. Sleep because no one gets up at fucking seven seven a.m. You're crazy. Do they perform rituals to some sort of pagan potato god? Hmm. I think they have corn out there actually. Justin McElroy and I know the best thing of the week. My name is Griffin McElroy and I know the best thing of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant and I know the best thing this week. My name is Russ Frustick and I know the best thing of the week. Wow. It's like a it was like a mini vacation for my this, ears. This is what happens when I go on vacation is that I just get a little reboot and then yeah. over time the tension builds and builds and builds. So Your action winds down. That's exactly what happens. This is the besties where we take the latest and greatest in tech, sports, games, music, dance, fishing, outdoor sports. Dance fishing? Dance fishing and all of it and uh, and tell you what the best things that week are. This week we're going to focus on uh, video games. And I'd like to talk Did to... Did you Chris say vid videoed games? Videoed games. <laughs> <laughs> These games have been videoed. Come a long way since Pac-Man. I... Waka, 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 waka. I want to talk to Christopher Thomas Plant first. Oh, hello. What would you like to talk about? Uh... I don't know. I don't have the email open. What do you <laughs> okay, want to talk well, about? Uh, I, I'd like to talk about my best thing of the week, uh, which is... Now, come on. You got the best what? Like, best... The, it's, this thing. is the best uh, shot of joy directly into your heart through a hypodermic needle. Yeah. Uh, and that comes from the music levels in Raymond Legends. And really, I, I think Raymond Legends itself is is how are you joy. sorry how are you saying the general the armless this armless gentleman's name raymond raymond yeah he says it like it's a last name it's very strange raymond. everybody loves raymond 
Everybody loves Raymond. It's the first Um, first time. Stamp it. Stamp. Plant the flag in that joke here on the Besties (laughs) podcast. First time. (laughs) Um, To be fair, it was funnier because of the way he said it. So, like, if no one had made it before this moment, they should have waited for now. And they haven't. That's why. That's why I pointed it out and said we were planting a flag in that joke. It's because we need to get all four of us need to head to the patent office together with our recordings. And just like get get proof of first concept, well, on we can mail point. ourselves a letter. Yeah, I, think. Mm. I don't think that holds up in court. Actually, anyway, go ahead. Tell us about these music levels. Raymond Legends is the sequel to Raymond Origins. They're both two D platformers. Uh, they look like concept art that you can kind of bounce around in from you know one to the screen to the next. Uh, what's special about these music levels is everything is happening in time with classical music. Uh, and I think there's also like a, a level to a Queen song. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and stop you right there. There's actually only one level that has classical music in it. The rest really? of it is like pop music, like Eye of the Tiger and what's that song? Uh, woohoo, woohoo, that one. So they're all like, I they're mean, they're like instrumental plucky. versions of yeah, pop sure. songs, essentially. Thank you. I would, um, I, would, I would call Eye of the Tiger classical at this point. I think yeah, it's been picked sure. up by the... It's classical and same rock. And with uh, the classic song, woo woo From Kill Bill and all the car commercials. Uh-huh, there you go. Sure. Yeah. Um, and it, it feels like a mashup of like a traditional platformer and a rhythm game and an endless runner. Uh, <gasps> and it also... They have such a good sense of humor, the people who make these Raymond games. Uh, like, uh, it's a very European humor. Uh, mm. they, they enjoy a good uh, fart, mm. uh, a, good, um, <laughs> a block of cheese. God, um, you just said the word fart, and Justin and I like you got us. That's all it takes. That's Europe, man. Um, and look at this funny rabbit going okay. blah. Yeah, that's, ha ha ha. That was the, that... the initial pitch for Raymond Raving Rabbits, actually. Yep. Um, billion dollar idea. Uh, yep. But yeah, that that that's basically it. It's it's just a very simple joyful thing that the more you talk about it i think the more you take the magic out of it y'all you already know how much i love our sponsor of the week rocket money they make it so easy to get your personal finances on track and especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need keep the ones you want get rid of the rest here's how it works rocket money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties rocketmoney.com slash besties so i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna talk about it some more then great um so essentially (laughs) suck that magic out what plant is talking about is see if you can imagine this guys Mm -hmm. try to picture this in your mind got it it's a platformer Mm -hmm. that has rhythm music elements to it 
Oh, this is great. You're going to say what I just said all over again. Perfect. Sure, but I'm going to acknowledge the fact that this has already been done before in a game called Bitrip Runner. Okay, yeah. so... Well, uh, that was... Yeah, except for they're nothing alike. Uh, but this yeah. is a great point That's that you've already totally... made once on, on a different thing that we are about to publish. It hasn't aired yet, so I guess so I shouldn't make the point. So thank goodness we're going to have a, a dumb point on two things. It's a yeah, totally you... valid point, but you go to hell. Freshnik, can you pin a, a, an opinion piece for us to run alongside this, like... I'd be really happy to publish Bermuda that. Triangle of dumb okay. shit that you're... <laughs> See, BitTrip Runner is like playing a piece of music because you're just learning signals and then you react to them by that's pressing not, the buttons. That's not true. Yes, it is. No. <laughs> As the person who reviewed it, I can tell you that there are different signals on each level and then you press the button to react to them. And it's the same every time. Here, there's room for flourish. And that's what it's about. It's about the art. Yeah. That UB art framework, man. That's no joke. I yeah, can't wait is. for that, that Child of Light game. That's gonna be dope. Once they okay, start, what like, is that? The, the Rayman games are sweet, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And, Child and of Light was Child of Light. So uh, thanks for reading all my GDC Europe coverage. I'm glad that I flew fucking 38 hours for nothing. Child of Light. Know? Oh Jesus! Child of Light is uh, an indie game that is being produced at Ubisoft with like a team of 40 people uh, that utilizes the UbiArt framework to create uh, basically a Japanese-inspired role-playing game. Wow. No. Yeah. Well, I was I'm super that, interested until the this. the end of that conversation. Well, no, it's it's a it's a sick idea because like uh, the idea is to take like uh, who's the guy who did uh, Amano who did the Final Fantasy VI like all of like the amazing Final Fantasy concept art and then you play the game and it's like the pixelated version isn't even yeah like close to to what they realized like Final Fantasy VI was huge huge with that the idea is like they can take that concept art and using the UBI art framework like make the game actually look like that shit. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that was the disappointing thing. I'm, well, it's funny that you say it's an indie game because that was originally Rayman Origins, too. When they first started that, it was like a team of, what, like five or six people? And it was yeah. going to be a downloadable thing, and it became this whole became shebang. much bigger. Let me, let me ask you this. Have, have, what, what platform are you playing on? Uh, I'm playing it on Vita, as is Fresh Dick. Yep. In Vita, isn't that like the sh- kind of shittier version? Like some yeah, shit missing. It's, from, it's from missing the... the five person multiplayer that's on the wii u and it's missing uh what else oh, oh, oh the, levels. the levels <laughs> oh it's oh it's missing all the all levels, levels? So, so after i played i played a bunch while i was on vacation and i i was really enjoying myself and then when i got back i went back and read our review of the game which was very positive and about half of the review talks about how amazing the invasion levels are and guess what levels are missing from the vita version <laughs> The invasion levels. Yeah, they're they're coming later in a are patch, they? which is yeah, they are. But like, I don't. Why it, it's did weird. they release the? It's so the weird. Things. Well, that's the thing. It's not out in in Europe, I think, or maybe just the UK. It's it's not out in in some European territories uh, because they said they wanted to like polish up the game, but they just went ahead and just fucking launched it in North America. Because, <laughs> they know we well, don't really appreciate it they, anyway. They, I guess we don't give a shit. To um, be fair. I, a lot of news websites that covered it. I won't name any names. They really botched this story. Oh my god. They did. Because Why? they said that we don't worry, it wasn't us. It wasn't. Oh, thank us. God. But, but they said that you know, twenty-eight levels are missing, and however many hundred looms uh, is how they could tell because those looms weren't there. Um, I'm sorry. Uh, let me push my glasses up my nose, um, because the looms are like the coins in the game. It's yeah, twenty-eight hundred looms is like nothing. It's, yeah, that'd, that'd be nothing. But teensies, those are those are the real uh, deal. Jesus Christ! And, okay. and that's what it was missing. It was missing the teensies. Here's here's what I'm confused about. Like everything I'm hearing about this game, is that you're supposed to play it on Wii U because the tablet shit that's in there is like dope, like super no. super clever, and like 
No, I'm gonna nobody disagree. I know has played it. What? How do you? It's additional. It's extra shit. I like, don't know. Here's. I don't think so because there's a bunch of tablet-esque stuff in the Vita version, and I'm pretty sure it's very similar to what's in the Wii U version, which is to say you're controlling this dude using touch as yeah. the platforming is going on, and those levels where you're using a lot of touch are the worst levels well that's game. because you're well, fucking having to do it like the idea is that on wii u you have another player doing that shit it's asynchronous yeah, multiplayer you can do that like, no you could do that on vita as well you can do multiplayer like that on vita only, it's only that asynchronous mode with one other right. person playing the normal i i it's think not asynchronous it's asymmetrical um i i i think that griffin's probably right from what i've read of other reviews it's fun with Wii U if you have a lot of people, and then you have that person, yeah. Murphy or whatever his name. One hundred percent. Because he basically it becomes an antagonist where you can use Murphy to kind of make trouble for people, kind of like you could in the uh, Mario games on Wii U. Yeah. Uh, and and I think that is where the fun is in terms yeah. of him helping out. At least when we played co-op with the Vita version, I, I unintentionally caused more of a headache. Yeah. For Russ. Than I did actually. You know, and if you're I, only I playing single it. player, you have to deal with essentially the AI controlling whoever's platforming, which is awful. It's awful. I think it was. I think like Kuchera or so, somebody ran a story saying like this is a fucking killer, or or maybe Penny Arcade guys said like this is a fucking like killer app for the Wii U. If uh-huh. I was Nintendo, I would be like, I would be kind of pissed off that this game obviously they should be pissed off that it made it to other platforms because originally it was originally only going to launch on wii u which is good for them but like from what i've heard it's like a fucking great wii u game yeah and i imagine they're just like looking at it going like god damn like why couldn't we secure exclusivity even timed exclusivity for this bad boy like i think it's exactly the kind of shot in the arm that the wii u could use right now totes or whatever so let's talk about something else that isn't how sad nintendo is right now Griffin, what do you got going on? Um, I can tell you what I got going on. Boom. Uh, my, I, I wrote in the email planning session that the best virtual colonic is Outlast. But that might be too gross to actually say. You just said it. Oops. Can you actually describe it? Because I'm not sure. Describe like, how, what how a colonic is. Applies. Well, I know how that works. Are you putting Outlast... Does the I- tube go up your butt, or is the it like... Idea, it, no, come on. Of course not. Um, the, jo- the joke, I guess, was that like it makes you poop or something like that, because it's so scary. And you poop so hard that you're actually cleaning... Colonics are actually really healthy, though. Oh, I regret even bringing this up, even as like a half-hearted joke. I, uh, I played Outlast for review for our, uh, for our website, Polygon.com. Uh, it is... I, I get it confused with a lot of games, because I feel like they're actually a lot of games about running through an asylum while, like, things try to kill you? Yeah. Am I just making that up? I know there's Outlast, there's Day- Daylight. Uh, what was that? Man- not Manhunt. The other one where he's in a prison. I forget. He shoots guys. Oh, uh, Escape from Butcher Bay. There it Chronicles, is. Chronicles of Riddick. Yes. Um, it is a game where you are a reporter inside of an asylum, and the asylum is owned by some sort of... Um, uh, mega company that's up to no good and you're there to expose their acts and like you you have a camera and it is really you have a camera and a notebook and it's the, really the only like tools that you have in the game you never get like a gun is it or, like a GoPro 
or anything like that. It's a flip video. Uh, oh. No, it's like it's a it's an honest to god. It's actually a pretty dope camera because it comes equipped with night vision, and I've never had a camera that has that. Uh, a lot of cameras um, sort of have that these days. So you are using this camera to uh, document what is going inside of this asylum, but like shit goes south so very quickly, and then really you're just trying to kind of stay alive. You're trying to outlast these horrible, um, murderous asylum patients. Um, and it is very, very scary. This is the game that I think infamously made Russ Frustick cry in public at E3. Uh, that's accurate. There's video evidence of that happening. Uh, I played it for five minutes on the show floor of E3, loud, boisterous, very well lit, and I literally cried. Yeah. Um, um, it was a shriek, and and then my eyes teared up, but I would accurate, I would describe that as crying, I would say. There are a few things that it does, like, really well to be very, very scary. Um, the sound design is, like, oh, fucking horrifying. Um, the oh, It's all about being chased. Like, that is the, the, the like, scary thing about the game is, is that, that you can't have sex? What? Oh, God. That you're being chased by monsters. Oh, oh, oh. That, so they're forcing uh, you to not have sex. I get it. For instance, uh, like, just one of, like, the scary things, and it's totally optional, but, like, while you are sprinting away from monsters and, and vaulting obstacles in your path, there's a button that you can press to look behind you while you run forward, and it's like, you shouldn't. <laughs> Because you need to look in front of you to tell where you're going and where you need to go to hide from these guys. But there is a button you can press to, like, see this giant, deformed monster, like, feet behind you, just, like, waiting to tear you apart. And it's like, why would you press that button? It's like a button you can press if you want to be scared. Well, I think it's Um, the button probably to see if someone is still behind you, right? Oh, the music will let you know that there is someone still behind you. Okay. Um, So uh, there's also, like, when you hide... Uh, the hiding is is very uh, dynamic. Like you can just like go into a locker, which is like a very um, binary way of hiding. Like you know whether will they or not, not like they open the locker and get you. They'll open that fucking locker and rip you right out if there aren't <laughs> any hiding spots, or if they like saw you go into the room and they know what's up. Um, or you can just like break line of sight with them. Or if there's like a box, you can just sort of crouch down behind it, and it and it you know works the same way. Um, it's the night vision. Also, is the fucking scariest thing ever because it's not just a flashlight like that's what it does really well it's not just like this flashlight that illuminates right in front of you uh it's night vision so you can have it on right next to a monster that doesn't like you're you're hiding you oh and it doesn't give you away it's like sam fisher style right but you can fucking see them and it's like they are right up on your jock and it is it is super scary also it cuts your field of vision to like just a few feet in front of you oh wow but as you zoom forward like as you zoom in while you have night vision turned on that sort of night vision effect is projected out in front of you sort of like it would be if you zoomed in with night vision in real life so there could be a monster 15 feet away from you that you can't see oh man and you have your night vision on and then you zoom in and all you see is like the reflections of their fucking eyes like a like a cat in a night photo Ah. oh man it's so fucking scary so since you can see them and they can't see you can you do stuff like tie their shoelaces together so they fall yeah they were like stick a banana in their tailpipe yeah (laughs) yeah there are all kinds of judge reinhold-esque um (laughs) hijinks that you can get into uh here here's uh, it's very scary there it is far from perfect though like it's so goddamn gory 
there are there are more than seven billion severed heads inside of the asylum. Like there are more severed heads than there are human beings on the earth. So like, <laughs> it's mathematically, it doesn't make sense. The gore is just like out of control. They have, I, I made the point in the review that like. 25% of all toilets and sinks in the facility are like jammed with with like severed arms and legs like somebody just tore somebody's arm off and tried to like flush it down the toilet <laughs> and you would think after the first few toilets they would like realize that it just doesn't fit they're just like a f- you look into a kitchen sink and there's just a face looking up at you like why is there a fucking face in this sink do, do you ever get like weapons and stuff or is no it just, you never get weapons no. so you're running the, away from the guys. objective you're just trying to escape you're trying to outlast it's right there in it's, the title. it's actually it's actually fairly um linear uh, the only other like sort of gamey thing in it is that your uh, camera drains batteries pretty quickly. Um, so you have to like, there is this impetus to keep moving forward because if you run out of batteries and you're not finding new ones, then you you're toast. are just fucked. Um, the thing is, and once you make this realization, I actually feel bad kind of pointing it out because it kind of ruins some of the fear of the game, is that most of the monsters aren't, especially dangerous like once you get (laughs) caught by these dudes they really have to hit you a few times before you die and it's so easy to just like vault over a table or there are these like uh crawl spaces um that that sort of separate areas if you can just make it to one of those you're like home safe yeah and like there's no reason why you should be killed by one of those monsters because it's so easy to get past them and like once you realize that you can start like just blowing by them even before they recognize that you're there if you're like going to an objective just like fucking running right past them getting to where you need to go hiding and then they go away there's no like hiding and waiting for them to pass which is good because you don't have like a distraction you can't like you know throw a throw a magazine down the hallway to, yeah um it, it, at it the end of the game there are dudes that will like fucking shiv you and kill you in one hit or just like tear your head off and like those guys do take a little bit more strategy but like <laughs> I don't there's not much mechanical danger yeah to to these guys and like I, I it's kind of a tricky thing for horror games because you have to have some element of like fear of failure mm-hmm. which is like how games represent death um, but you have to sort of balance that with not being fucking annoying right and frustrating and frustrating and outlast just doesn't even fucking risk doesn't even risk it like most of the guys are have very very little lethality and they're like the checkpoints are minutes apart oh yeah that sort of kills a lot of the scares yeah well but uh, the thing is like the the game is still very very scary like it still gives you that illusion of danger even though like there isn't there isn't any really to speak of um Interesting. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. They're wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution to save some, put the bucks back in your pocket? 
pay 15 bucks a month. Say bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw dropping monthly bills, the unexpected overages. Sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. This episode of The Besties is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so you know there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their Aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. Well, I think it's time for halftime. What's been going on, guys? What's everybody been into? We can talk about the Pokemon Bank. Great. Let's talk about the Pokemon. Actually, I have a lot to say about the Pokemon Bank. Okay. Tell me about it. So, what's, what's the Pokemon go, Bank? Uh, what, what's going on, Griffin? Um, Nintendo announced Pokemon X and Y. Um, uh, guys, some big fucking changes are coming. Oh my the god. The time, the times they are changing. You know, how every game you start out, and you have to pick between three starters. Yep. Now there's two sets of three starters. Wait a minute. The second set is the Isn't original that just six starters. The original is. The, the second set that you had to choose from, Gen 1 dudes. Talking Squirtle, uh, talking Charmander, talking Bulbasaur. Squirtle, um, Squirtle. This is all incredibly exciting news. The bigger news is that there's a fucking online bank. Nintendo is finally getting into the cloud storage game, but specifically with these imaginary monsters. <laughs> you can, you can pay, you pay a subscription fee. What? There's a subscription fee to that? I think it's a it's an annual fee. I'm not not clear exactly what that oh fee is going God. to be yet. To store three thousand of these guys, which okay, is like each one of those guys is like a kilobyte. There's no reason they should be charging for this. Uh, no, I mean, no, yeah, no, prob- no you got to be wrong. There's a it's lot of like stats, levels a lot of and stats. It's levels, a word document. stats, individual levels, effort values. That's crap. Uh, moves. It's move a kilobyte. Sets. That there's no reason. You trainer, this. trainer ID. Oh my god, Nintendo. Um. Uh, yeah, you can, you can, you can store them. You can also in, using a separate app. You're gonna have two apps on your oh Nintendo god. 3DS huh? to manage to manage. Just your, tell me, I have to go back to the home screen to access either one. Yes. 
Uh, I'm assuming. Uh, the other one is Poke Transfer, which lets you move your Pokemons from Pokemon Black, White, Black huh? 2, and White 2. I should have played that game. Into your bank. Um, it's a little frustrating for me because I have, I have dudes like in in every generation and yeah the black and white is only the last i think gen five so like I, there's no way i'm gonna be able to like go back to like yeah. fire red and grab and save those dudes he's like i've got like a level 70 mewtwo up in there yeah he's here's just, the thing that i've noticed he's marooned this. um here's the issue that i have i've played pokemon games where i transfer previous pokemon to new pokemon games and it sort of kills like all of the game balance entirely, and I end up getting very bored because yeah. you essentially have like dope Pokemon for every set of levels, and you just crush the game. Well, Whereas, there's there are checks and balances to it, like the yeah, if you, you can't use seventy Pokemon when you first start, stuff like that. Well, you can, but like most of the time, they're not going to obey your moves. But still, like no one's going to be able to fucking kill them, right? It, um, uh. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's good that they're planning this stuff because it's crazy that they haven't had like a unified way to get Pokemon from one game to the next ever. Um, here's what I don't get, Griffin. And as a resident Pokemaniac, I hope you have an answer for me. Why are there boxes? And why isn't it just one giant fucking box to hold all your Pokemon that you could just sort easily? Why do I need to sort all of my Pokemon into 100-part boxes where I don't, you know, know where my star you is because it's in box 673. Right. Like, um, what well, is what is the logic? There's not 673 boxes. That'd be fucking okay. crazy. 74 um, boxes, Well, let me, let, me, let me hit you back with this other question. Okay. Um, do you keep your underwear and your pants and your shirts and your galoshes and <laughs> All your in coat, one big box. All in just one big box. Here's the thing. If that box was a computer that could easily sort my water types from my underwear, I would definitely keep them all in one big box. <laughs> Have you heard about the new underwear type that they're introducing in Pokemon? No, I haven't. Why? It's weak against everything. Um, no, I, th- I think that is it, it, it is assuming that the player has like crazy OCD. Yeah, and they um, don't need to. And like, the bank is taking that idea. Here's the, here's the thing: they have needed a better solution for compiling. There, I think there's like. God, I don't even know how many, more than 600 Pokemon in the last generation. I don't even know what X and Y are going to kick that number up to. Like, probably over 700. They need they need a fucking solution for compiling all of the dudes that you have caught into, like, a single thing. And I think that this this is a step in the right direction, but, like, not if it, not if it doesn't go all the way back. Yeah, I would say either that or just start killing off, like, older Pokemon that no one cares about, like Mr. Mime. Come on now. He listens. You know he listens. He does? Yeah, he's a, he's, he's a very fan. quiet. He's a very quiet listener. I don't even want to engage. Let's move on. I have a game to talk about. I have a best thing of the week, in fact. Um, and my best thing of the week is the best updated version of Gauntlet I've played, I think, ever. And that game is Hammerwatch. Um, Hammerwatch is a... It's essentially Gauntlet. Uh, four character classes to pick from. Top down. You're going through dungeons. You're collecting coins. You're fighting skeletons and all sorts of stuff. Um, but it just um, has been updated to like not to remove like a lot of the crappy parts of Gauntlet, like the food requirements and the like bland level design and stuff like that. And in its place, they made like more interesting character advancement. 
and like puzzles to solve and stuff like that. Um, and cool pixel art, pixel art, which I know Justin's a big fan of. Oh man. Hey, Indies, I get it. You're lazy. <laughs> um, but I, I really dig it. Uh, and w- one of the things I dig most about it is that it doesn't require a mouse to play and it runs on my MacBook Air tremendously, which has made it my go-to traveling game because you can very easily play it with just the WASD and the arrow keys. It's actually designed to play like that by default. And I've just found myself constantly uh, dipping back into it and hunting monsters and buying spells and doing badass stuff in dungeons. So I, I put a considerable amount of time into this game. How and, far did you get? What act? Um, I mean, I, when I say considerable, I, I, I mean, I, I got the lay of the land. I played for about an hour. <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't really get the I didn't really get the appeal, like I, I I didn't find that much that was like, the the levels are very expansive and yeah I just didn't find that much that I thought was like, I didn't find like uh, upgrades to my abilities or spells or any I mean like I got a lot of coins and uh, it just wasn't the the appeal with Gauntlet I mean one of the, part of the appeal with Gauntlet is like you have these specific levels and. You're you're going through, and you you know you have to get to the exit. And you have to find the key, and you have to find the exit. The, uh, this first area I was in just kept going on and on and on and on, and uh, yeah, it I would it, it felt I, like super sort of like like I was getting more and more lost in this maze like thing, and it didn't feel like a, a level or anything. And the the exploration was kind of overwhelming, I guess. Yeah, I would agree. I think the beginning of the game has some um, pacing issues, definitely. Like, you don't get to the first character customization merchant for, like, a way too long period of time. Uh, You could buy, like, more health and stuff like that, but the, like, cool, like, where you can buy spells and increase your damage and stuff like that don't come until at least an hour in, if not more. Um, There's something about the, like, exploration of the levels... And finding keys and being really thorough that I found very uh, satisfying. I don't really know why. I guess it hooked into my, like, like what I like about Diablo is being very... Th- it's not so much the loot as it is, like, I'm going to explore every nook and cranny of this place and find all the little secrets and stuff like that. Um, and I really dig that about Hammerwatch. It also uh, supports multiplayer, which... Wow, we, Ad- we could definitely not get that working. Admittedly, Justin and I were not able to get that working. There is local multiplayer, which works. Uh, you pretty much have to plug a controller in, but if you're on a laptop, it's not really that hard. Um, and that works well, and I actually like the game more with multiplayer because the, um, a- as with the original Gauntlet, the character classes really complement each other and do a much better job of sort of clearing through levels than you would solo. But... I mean, it's not like a game, a world-ending game of the year game, but in terms of like a fun, casual, I'm going to play for 10 minutes and then take a break kind of game, I've been really enjoying it and would recommend it to all involved. Yeah, I'm always looking for games that run decent on the MacBook Air. They're, there you they're go. a rare breed. They are indeed, and it runs great on the It Air. doesn't burn your, your thighs? It's not a thigh burner? I don't know. I don't. I, on a desk, it runs. <laughs> Look great. out for our Mac Air gaming specific website, <laughs> Thigh Burner. Thigh Burner. Uh, faster man. than light, Hammer Watch. Don't starve. That's faster much... than light fucking turns my goddamn MacBook Air into a jet engine. Like, <laughs> Does can't... it? Yeah, yeah. Like the fan starts going so hard, it starts hovering off the goddamn desk. Like I can't. I, I just don't even bother with coolant it for your engines. 
Hey, Justin, what have you been playing this week? Um, well, I've been playing a game for review that's sucking my will to live, but I can't talk about it. So I do want to talk about the brief, the brief respite I've had from that game uh, has been kind of a surprise. Um, it is Splinter Cell Spiderbot. Um, which, Love the name. Which okay, so we talked about we talked about Splinter Cell uh, Blacklist. Okay. Um, which is a a very good game, uh, and I've been really trying to get all the get all the widgets and and what have you, uh, and and really make my way make my way through Blacklist. Um, and one of the things that I noticed in the screen was that there was some gear that was locked and you had to um, uh, get it from this app called the Splinter Cell Blacklist Spiderbot. So, okay, I'll, I'll grab your app. I'll play along. Um, it was free, which was nice. Uh, imagine my surprise to find a really decent, not just one game, but three games. What? I know. So uh, uh, you play as a little uh, spider type robot you've got the uh sam fisher distinctive sam fisher three light night vision on you um and the game has three different modes that mirror uh the three styles of play in uh splinter self so if you remember talking about it there's ghost which is quiet and stealthy there's panther which is stealthy but murderous and then there's assault which is all out shooting and killing now so Sorry, if, if you don't mind, I, I, because I know you're going to build it up, I, I think it's worth pointing out just how awful this sounds. It, it sounds like a thing that is given to a marketing team where they're like, okay, so we have Splinter Cell coming out. We have three cool modes of play. We want it to include a spider, mm-hmm. but also Sam Fisher's magic goggles. <laughs> it's and not a spider. I mean, he's got three. He's tripedal. Let me, yeah, hit you with, let me hit you with this. The 7-Up Cool Spot wearing the night vision goggles. <laughs> Serving no pizza budget. as the Noid. Yeah. Okay. We have no money, and we want three games that capture our, our benign marketing campaign. Uh, yeah, in all seriousness, what is the... It's a robotic spider, is that correct? It's a tripedal. It, it looks like one of the gadgets that Sam Fisher uses. Okay. It's okay. like a, it's not like a spider, like a a walking tripod. Yeah, basically a walking tripod, like a little Metal Gear. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, in the stealth mode, you uh are are trying to get to through a top down. All the all it's all presented top down. Uh, in the stealth mode, you're trying to get through uh sort of a maze like level, uh, maybe a laboratory or a warehouse that's outfitted with uh motion detection cameras and patrolling soldiers. And you're trying to find a scientist that you can tase and steal intel from and then get back to the exit unseen. Um, so it feels, I mean, it captures sort of that early Metal Gear vibe. It's all about, like, looking for vision cones on the, uh, uh, which is actually represented with a laser sight on the guards. Um, they're like vents that you can hop in to, to hide. Uh, you also have a cloak that you can use. Um, and your Is sport- it dashing? Uh, no, it's uh, like invisibility. Oh, um, oh, oh, yeah. So uh, you and and if you use that, or if the scientist's body is found, or you're spotted, then you lose points. But otherwise, you you get a great score. So that's the stealth mode. In the spider bot mode, which is pro- is the panther style and and probably the most uh, unique, 
you're similar premise you're running around a maze but you're being chased by these drones that you can attract and you're trying to pick up lots of intel that's scattered around the level uh and you can run these drones through laser gates uh as they're following you and try to kill a bunch of them at once and you get bonus points for staying alive in subsequent levels uh and then there's the assault mode which is basically a pretty good twin stick shooter in an arena where they're sending all kinds of different robots after you and you have to kill them and uh, your weapon is upgraded as you kill more and take on bigger enemies and, and that kind of thing. There's a, a giant laser cannon in the center that occasionally turns on and shoots lasers everywhere that you have to destroy. Um, so there and there's three different modes this game and all of them are pretty decent and the money that you earn in the game can be, like the points that you get in the game can be exchanged for uh, exclusive gear and blacklist. So mm-hmm. there's like a, a an upgrade to your goggles that you can only get with with this app. There's an upgrade to your uh, boots that are more like assault focused that you can only get with this app. Um, and you can also tr- exchange the points that you get in this game into money in blacklist. Oh, neat. Um, yeah. So it's like it's not only I, I started playing it to. Uh, get the unlocks um, and it took a decent amount of time I mean it was not it was not a lot of these they basically just want to hook you into the experience so like once you download it you have it they just wanted you, your email address or whatever yeah. um, but there is actually some decent game here I mean I, I, I there's tons of the stealth levels each of which is like it's not randomly generated I mean they, ha- they these are all like pretty w- well designed levels with different hiding places and stuff like that um and there's tons of those levels in the ghost mode and and the uh twin six shooter is actually really fun uh and the uh the the spider bot mode where you're you're trying to kill the drones that are following you is surprisingly cool it's all uh touchscreen thumbstick um what i thought it was kind of neat is the thumbstick actually moves to wherever you put your thumb so like if you oh tap, yeah I've so seen that you don't have to find it it's it's you yeah. know wherever you put your thumb which is nice um, I put my thumb in some weird places but it's free and if you're playing blacklist then you get some cool stuff out of it and even if you're not I mean it's free so, yeah yeah I, I, nice. I it's it was my biggest surprise biggest tie-in surprise uh, of of the year because I I was not expecting much at all and I I have I really enjoy it brought to you by Tide. I think that wraps it up. If you want to watch, if you want to wash away terrorism, like like so like so much barbecue sauce, <laughs> like so it, that's like, gonna like for like for Tide. <laughs> oh man! So that's gonna do it, I guess. Yeah, that's gonna. Do oh it. wait, so. who's like the best whatever thing we do? Uh, boy. I, I think you are Justin. I think you won this week. Yeah, uh, you won. Good job, I Justin. I think you guys are just placating Congrats. me. Congrats. What will you do with your winnings, your well-earned winnings? I'll I'll try to find a way to exchange it into Splinter Cell currency. Good idea. They, you can get some cool boots. At any point, do they refer to it as a spider, like with a Y? No. I'm just saying that's a missed Wrap it up. Wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's going to do it for us here on The Besties. Thank you for your support. Uh, we sure hope you've enjoyed listening to the show. If you want more, go to polygon.com. We got all kinds of features and reviews and stories and videos and all kinds of junk. And it's all there waiting for you. Um, 
go check it out read your fill and uh be sure to join us again next friday for the besties because shouldn't the world's best friends pick the world's best thing it's got spy in it Bessie!